podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Podcast patrons, Leave the Pin Podcast is super stoked to have Gas House Golf as their official clothing sponsor for the podcast. Go to gashousegolf.com, find them on all forms of social media at Gas House Golf. Gas House makes affordable, eye-catching, one-of-a-kind polos that help you stand out from the crowd. Why spend $75, $100, or even more on polos that make you look like everybody else when you can get one at an affordable price from Gas House Golf? Hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. This is a continuation of our My Course series. Uh, we've been to Nebraska. We've been to the shores of New Jersey. And now we're heading to the great white north of Minnesota. I've got uh, my buddy on, Stows from Break 80 Golf Podcast. He's been on the podcast before. He was on episode 165. We we're talking a little bit about Minnesota golf. And today he's on, he's going to take us to the Jewel, one of his favorite golf courses in Minnesota. Stouts, what's going on, my man? Hey, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, first of all, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I love what you're doing out there. Um, the East Coast is well represented by Leave the Thin Podcast. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's fun to, to talk to people from different parts of the country. So thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. It's uh, nice to have you back on. And, you know, honestly, I was so stoked when you said you'd do it because I've never been to Minnesota. Um, I know I looked at the map. I didn't know this, but the course is right on the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. Um, never been to either. So I'm kind of like a complete neophyte when it comes to that area of the country. Um, so why don't you give people an idea exactly where you're located in the country? So, you know, the... the um you know, Minnesota being kind of in the Midwest, you, you get very similar landscapes, you know, even going into the Iowa's and the Wisconsin's and the, um, you know, Nebraska's and Dakota's and things like that, for the most part, very, you know, tend to, you know, flat, um, you don't get a lot of, you know, undulation, elevation kind kinds of things, but one of the reasons why I, I wanted to pick this golf course, and I think, you know, you can probably, um, you know, with what, you know, uh, what am I going to call it? Um, relate to this a little bit. Sometimes when you think about a golf course of one that's your favorite or one that you enjoy, it doesn't always mean that it's the best course you've ever played. Sure. Um, for me, this one has a little bit more meaning. It's one, it's location is amazing. And why I say that is because you get, um, when you go to this area of Minnesota, it is in the South, um, Eastern side of, of the state, um, very close to Wisconsin. You can basically throw a rock across the Mississippi to get to Wisconsin. But the landscape there is unlike any other place in the state. Um, it is a, um, I think they call it down there, the uh, Mississippi River Valley Grand Bluffs. So it's very much like, a, I like to call it like a mini Colorado. It's not big giant mountains but there's these bluffs that just roll in there in a lot of the backgrounds of the of the course um you, you see them a lot you just feel like you're not in minnesota you know you just get this vibe this vibe that i'm just not in the state that i you know always play golf in 
and it is a little bit of a drive. So if you're in the cities, the Twin Cities area, you're probably going, I don't know, hour and 45 minutes or something like that, you know, towards the Wisconsin border. Um, so the location of it is, you know, if you fly into Minnesota, you got to do a little bit of a drive, but there are some good golf courses on your way too that you could play. Um, but yeah, it's called the Jewel because it is kind of a gem. It's kind of always interesting to me, um, being someone that travels down to the southeastern portion of the U.S. a lot, that you know the Mississippi River really starts up in Minnesota, right? Yeah. It starts right around the the Twin City region up there. Um, and it's amazing, you know, because you look at something on a map and it a lot of times it doesn't translate, right? Because I could like put two fingers on a map. I'm like, that's not that far apart. But in reality, it'd be like an 18 hour drive. Um, so I'm assuming those bluffs are probably caused by years and years of erosion from this Mississippi cutting through it. Um, how different is the landscape around the Jewel golf course compared to where you live? So, I mean, if you think about Minnesota, generally, like I was kind of talking about, you've got like the, you know, middle of the state is very kind of flat. Um, you know, you don't get a lot of woods. And then you go northern Minnesota, a lot more wooded areas, you know, dense, thick, your kind of northern vibes. And you've got like a place like Duluth that is you know, right on the um, one of the Great Lakes, Superior. And you get kind of a, an interesting a place up there that a lot of people like to travel because it's different. But you know, this area is, you know, on your way there, it's pretty flat. But once you hit like the Red Wing area, it's just unlike any other, it's just weird. You just go from this flat land to all of a sudden you get all these rolling hills and things. And it's just a great spot to put a golf course. Now, just out of curiosity, because I'm just I'm looking at like Minnesota on the map and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like to me, I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's that's the north. Right. And And I guess there's really. You know, what do we call like the North South Dakota, Northern Minnesota area? Like, what do you guys refer to that as? Is that still mid? Yeah, still Midwest. Yeah, we, we go Midwest. Um, obviously, we're kind of Northern Midwest, but we kind of relate to the Wisconsin's, the Dakotas, the Iowa's. Okay. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so how how did how did you come about this course? Where did this relationship start between you and the Jewel? Can you remember the first time you played it? Yeah. So like I was saying, like when we think about one of our favorite courses, there's usually something about it besides it just being a good course that makes you enjoy it and fall in love with it. And so I actually have family that live in the um, city. It's called Lake City where it's at. And it's like I said, beautiful. It's, um, the river widens out to make a, they call it a lake. So it's Lake Pepin. Um, the Mississippi River just has this big wide spot and they, they call it kind of a lake. And um, the town is right on the river, um, and then you got to kind of drive away from the the river a little bit to get to the golf course. But my my family moved down there, man, a number of years ago, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I went down there because I you know I went down there for family and then ended up playing the golf course that was fairly new. It's it was only built in 2005, so that's not very old in golf course terms, but. Um, they kind of knew what they were doing. They knew they had a nice gem piece of, of land there that they could, you know, carve some really good golf holes out of. And, and they did. And when I played it for the first time, not only does it one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm always playing with my family kind of, and I've put, I brought buddies down there too, but it just, it brings back such good vibes, just memories playing with my dad and my uncles and my cousins and my brothers. And 
I think that's a big reason why I really like it. And on top of that, the golf course is, you know, amazing. So it's just kind of a culmination of all that. And that's kind of why I've not only gone there, you know, a while ago, I keep returning. So I, I see, you know, kind of what you mean by that, like Pepin and, and the Mississippi River. And I'm kind of looking at the layout of the course and I see some of those bluffs and stuff. So are we getting elevation changes on this course? Yeah. So if you look at the, you know, the front nine of it, um, and, and again, another reason why I really like playing it is, well, first of all, I played it pretty well, like for whatever reason, it fits my eye. Um, but the, but I like it because I feel like I never get sick of it. You get um, links style holes. Uh, most of the front nine is kind of a link style. Um, we've got, you know, fescue and, um, you know, middle bunkers in the fairways and, and the greens are just phenomenal. Um, Lucas uh, Greaves is the superintendent, does a fantastic job of um, keeping it, uh, you know, tip top shape and, and gives people a reason from the cities to drive down to play it. But then you get into the, there's some holes where you're into the bluffs. You're maybe in the basin of it. Sometimes you're even going up into them some. So it gives you a variety. You're going around it. You're going through it. You're going below it. And that is kind of another reason why I really enjoy it. I just feel like, you know, I've always liked Link style, but I also love nature. I love the woods. I love, you know, all of a sudden here's deer running across. You know, it's like you get kind of these just good feeling, you know, you feel like you're playing three different courses somewhat. And then you do get elevation changes. I'm thinking of like hole 10, you drive up to the top and you're hitting down. You got a lake to your left. You get a sea, you know, quite a ways in front of you. Um, and then you got, you know, you got 11 and then you got, you go back up into the bluffs again when you get kind of in the beginning of the back nine. So it's just, it kind of weaves you around all the, all these bluffs and gives you some great, fantastic, not only golf holes, but views. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, like I said, it's just, the variety is huge. It's, it's awesome. So I, I guess one of the things we need to talk about immediately, because people will be listening to this, and they'll be like, Dan, you've got to talk to him about the weather, right? Because we know how awful the weather is in Northeast PA and how short your season is, quote unquote. It's got to be just like that in Minnesota. It's funny because the last episode that we did, we were talking both being school teachers. I think I had a snow day. You had a snow day. I just had two snow days in a row right now so it's like history repeating itself um let people know what the season is like in minnesota how many playable months are you actually getting so you know it depends on the year you, you know you get some of these winters where it's just brutal um you know and if, if it's a bad year you're probably not playing golf realistically until depending again where you live in the state but i would say you're lucky to play beginning of april middle of april you know, somewhere in there. Then you get some years where, I mean, I played in February before, but that's pretty rare. Usually maybe you get lucky end of March. Um, sometimes you get a snow in April and then you got to, you know, play in May. Yeah. Um, you know, the Northern courses that, you know, Minnesota's well known for some of their up North courses just because of, you know, again, beautiful resorts and things like that. Those ones have a really short year. Um, but because we have one of the most big, like, I think it's like the most golfers, per capita, you know, in, in, you know, in the state of Minnesota and anywhere else, you know, so there's people that like to play. <laughs> um, that's how these places make it, you know, cause they get so much run and, um, but real, you know, if you're a little bit further South, you probably, I would say you can probably start hitting the ball somewhere in March and then you're 
you're you're going through probably November, middle of November, early November. Yeah, I mean, so that's really not. I mean, honestly, it's not that different from from me here, you know. And as you look across the map, like we're not that far off longitudinally, you know, maybe an hour or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're the same thing, you know. If I get lucky, maybe I get to play in February, but most courses are not opening till late March, and then they only stay open until right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. And and I will say, like, you know, going back to the Jewel, um, one of the best times to play it is in the fall, hands down, because you get these big, beautiful leaf changes of all mm. of the, you know, the wood, wooded areas, and it's just like you can't get views like that very, very often. And it's not like that for very long either. But fall golf down there is beautiful. Yeah, I'm extremely familiar with that. Honestly, one of my favorite times of the year to play, especially because by us, the humidity cuts out completely and you get these nice crisp mornings and these gorgeous, you know, warm afternoons. Um, before we get into yardages of the course and the sets of tees and all those things, I think it'd be a good idea. Let people know what type of golfer you are. So when we're referencing, you know, kind of what tees you play, people have an understanding of, oh, hey, this guy's scratch. So it makes sense. He's playing 7,000 yards or, you know, Maybe this guy's more like the average golfer who's playing 6,000 or so. So what's what's your golfing background? What's your game look like when it's at its peak? Well, you know, my golfing background is one of these things where it's like I didn't I played it as a kid, but I didn't, like, take it seriously. So mm. I always, like, had a club in my hand, but, you know, nine holes was always enough for me. I've got, I'd rather do something that's, like, fast-paced, instantly, like, basketball or something like that where it's just, like, you just don't stop. But that's just kind of like a lot of kids. It's really hard to focus on a slow-moving, thinking sport. But then you get into my years where it's like I stopped kind of playing basketball. Not as much, I should say. I still played some. But you need something to compete. And, you know, I always was okay at golf. I mean, I wasn't horrible at it. Just It just wasn't something that was, you know, appeasing to me at the time. And then I started picking up a club pretty often in, in the middle of my 20s. You know, I was a teacher at the time, too. So... You know, you got summers to do stuff. And then on top of it, you're looking to socialize. You know, what are you going to do with your buddies? And, you know, you get together, all of a sudden golf kind of pops up and then you kind of start having these events. And and then I started taking more seriously. And I think, you know, now I'm probably anywhere between like a two and a five handicap, you know, depending on the time of the year and stuff like that. But so it's, you know, become a big part of my life. I like to practice, you know, I like to play, I, you know, I do it all. So, um, I would say that, you know, golf to me is just a really funny thing because as, as good as you think you have gotten at it, there's always another level to go and you're just never going to be at some of those peaks that you get to watch on TV and you just got to kind of come to realization of that and just kind of swing your swing, find little things that make you happy. And, you know, sometimes it's just the mental part of golf that gets you, um, you know, to another level. Yeah, no, those are great, great points. Um, so I'm I'm looking at the jewel here, and one of the things that struck me, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert. I'm I'm being internet sleuth here, but one of the things that struck me is is the enormity of this course. Uh, I'm reading that the course is built on over 800 acres. I, I mean, that's like that's astronomical. I mean, it, it's it's got to be like it takes up an entire city is is it that big 
It is because like I was saying, it's, it, you know, it takes you like the front line takes you away from the clubhouse in one direction. I, I can't, I think it's North or something like that it takes you away and it goes away and, and you're not quite into the bluffs. It's kind of away from the bluffs a little bit. I mean, you still see them and you're still, you know, they're very much right there, but then it kind of wraps back up to the, to the clubhouse. And then you go on the other side of the clubhouse and that's kind of where the bluff areas are. And so um, it's, it was a very new area. I mean, a lot of the houses are brand new. I mean, like I said, built in 2005. So they had a lot of land to work with. There wasn't, you know, any house that you see, you can tell that was recently built. There's no, you know, they didn't have to take down much. It's just, just a great piece of land that they were, you know, ran into lucky enough to, to um, purchase and, and build on it. So it is definitely a big piece of land. And I'm assuming it's really fertile ground. I mean, this place looks completely pure, super green. Being so close to the Mississippi River, you would assume, you know, it, it's it's good growing area. Um, does it ever flood there at all because the Mississippi? I know the Mississippi overruns its banks a ton when you get into, you know, what I would consider the Midwest, like the St. Louis area, um, you know, through Illinois there, and especially down when you get into the real South, but have you ever heard anything about that up towards the jewel happening? No, the jewels kind of like when you drive away from the river, you're going up kind of a little bit of a hill. Like it's okay. just never get up to that point. I mean, maybe the city of Lake city's had some flooding issues, but it's a pretty big, you know, you get to Lake Python, it can hold a lot of water. I mean, it's, okay. Gotcha. You know, I think they've done a nice job on the banks there too. So that's never really an issue, but it's bent grass. And one of the things I'll say is, you know I've told this to Lucas, the superintendent. It's like, it's just so it like to me, like for whatever reason, when I play there, my ball has just got so much control and I don't get that <laughs> at a lot of courses. And it's like, I can be super aggressive on my short game where I'm not, I can't do that other places. I can just, you know, let one rip, you know, just off the green and just have enough speed to go through it. It's just going to hop and stop. You know, I just, you kind of feel like you're almost what you watch on TV when you play there. Yeah, like you can trust it completely. Completely. And you, you know, you can, you just let your club go. You don't have to worry about, you know, a whole lot. It, you know, it's, you still got to hit the golf shot, but like I don't play that aggressively around the greens in a lot of places just because my ball just doesn't do that. And, and that the jewel, for whatever reason, it does. There's a lot of shave down, mow down areas around the green too. Mm. You know, so you're hitting a lot out of a lot of fairway lies and your, your club is actually able to get on the ball pretty well. Um, there's not like a lot of thick rough that you're navigating out of. Um, so that makes it fun too. Like that's another reason why I love it. Cause it's like, you know, you miss a green, you got a chance to get up and down. Right. A lot of variety around the greens. It sounds like too. And I think that's also a big shout out to the super and his crew, you know, to be able to keep those conditions the same all the way through the course, all 18 greens reacting the same. That gives a golfer a ton more confidence when you're out there playing. Oh, for sure. I mean, and you get, you have so many options. Like you could do, you can hit an eight iron. You can hit, you know, your, your six seater if you want. You can putt. I mean, yeah, it gives you the creativity in your mind to like, all right, how do I want to hit this? You know, and the greens are so, the greens are large too. I mean, pretty, fairly large. I mean, they've got lots of different places they can put the pins. And that's another th reason why I think if you were to play it every day, you could, you know, the next day you play, it could be totally different golf course because of where they put the pins. You know, um, so that's another reason why it's just super fun to go down there because every time I play it, you know, the pins are in different spots and I, oh, I love when the pins here. Great. You know, so that kind of a thing, too. But 
I think that's a big part of it is just being able to feel the creativity um, of the golf courses, you know, especially around the greens. Now I'm, I'm looking at the scorecard here. Um, and, and what I love is right off the bat, I'm seeing a set of combo tees. I love that. I'm seeing six different tee boxes, which are stretching from, you know, your blacks at 7,050 to your reds at 4,900. So to me, looking at a scorecard, I say, okay, this place is super playable because there's a lot of options. Would you agree with that? 100%. Um, and, you know, depending on, for whatever reason, it doesn't get, like, from when I played there, I have not had to deal with a ton of wind. And you'd think it would be because it's very linksy. But then you have the bluffs there to kind of protect some of it. Okay. Um, I think that's a big part of it. How much wind are you are you going to play? So when you pick a tee box, I know with my family, if it's not as you know, maybe good of golfers a little bit, you know, my dad's older and we try to kind of play somewhat close to him. We might play the combos, but if I was playing with buddies, we'd probably play the blues. Um, just like anything you want to shoot well. So if you tip it out every time and you've got weather and some of the carries from the back tees can be tough um, if there's some wind there too. So we usually play the blues and you can score. I mean, if you get off the tee well in some of the tighter holes, you're fine. And in, the greens are so true that if your putter's hot, there's some birdies out there. And that's, mm. that's the only reason why I like to play it. Cause yeah, I like that. Now this is a public course, correct? Yep. It's a public. Yep. Okay. So what are we looking at? You know, if, if, if I'm in the, the Northern Midwest of Minnesota and I want to go out and play, what am I looking at average uh, prices for a tea time out there? Um, as you know, like some of the prices in golf lately have gone up. Um, yeah. You know, and sure. I, I only played the jewel once last year. I mean, I, I'm trying to think back, you know, what it was. I would say you're you're probably looking at, depending on the time of day, anywhere from seventy-five to like a hundred and five bucks, somewhere in there, I would think. Um, but when you play there, you're I just feel like it's such a good value. I mean, to be able to play somewhere where you just don't get to experience that very often and it's only you know an hour and a half drive for, for a lot of people. Um I never thought, dang it, I can't believe I just spent that much money there. Right. But, well, I mean, I guess that's really kind of the the hallmark of a great course, isn't it? Like, even if you pay what people might consider a lot to play a course, if you feel like you got your money's worth, well, that's all that matters. Oh, for sure. And, you know, you know, for me, too, like, I know the course, but sometimes it's like, yeah, am I paying this? I've never played it before, you know. Should I pay this? Um, for there, it's like I and I've played it. I, I don't mind mind paying that because it's just for me, it's worth it. So, um, it is a Hale Irwin. I don't know if I mentioned that. A couple of you, yeah, I think he's won the U.S. Open a few times. So Hale, yeah, I a, think twice, right? Yeah, yeah. So he he's the one that designed it. Um, I I you know I don't know how many courses he's done, but but I thought he did a nice job on it. And I've I've always loved you know what he did with the land that he was given. Yeah, I feel like that's not a name you hear that often. Does he happen to be from that area? I am not seeing. I I have no idea. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's not a lot of Hale Irwin designs around Minnesota, so I don't know if that's no. a special project <laughs> is my guess. But again, like, if you fly him in and you say, "Look at the space that we have to work with," I mean, he's probably going to say yes. Oh yeah, a anyone's going to say yes for enough money, right? For sure. Um, you allowed? Are you allowed to walk there, or is it a cart only? course oh you can you can walk there i mean okay. it's it would be a it would be a beautiful walk i would say that there's you know like any other that has some elevation in it there's gonna be some harder holes to walk 
but as long as it's not 100 degrees in the middle of the summer, uh, you know, teeing off at noon, I I would think that I'm have done it. I don't think it's that hard. You know, I don't think, you know, it makes you take in the course too. Like, I think you probably sometimes would also feel this. Like, sometimes I just love walking because I just get to like soak it all in. It's like, yeah, the shot, zip up to your ball. And it's like, you're already hitting your shot again. Like you didn't even get to, you know, experience and, and, and walk is kind of part of it. So it's definitely walkable. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm under the mindset that if I can walk, I, I'm going to walk, you know, even if, even if the course doesn't really encourage it, if it's, if it's walkable, great. Like we've got, got this one course near me that people love to play this course called the country club of the Poconos. And they like it because there's these crazy elevation changes. I mean, some some upwards of 150 feet on some holes, you know, tee box to fairway and stuff. Um, but it's built around a housing community. So there are some green to tee box walks that are over three quarters of a mile long. Yeah. You know, so you're forced. Yeah. And I, I, I hate that. I hate when places like force you to take a cart. Um, so, I mean, the place sounds amazing. It sounds very cool. What's the overall vibe of the course, the clubhouse, the, the area itself there? Well, I would say they do a good job. I think they realize that, you know, they're getting a lot of their clientele is coming from the cities. I mean, like, you know, when people come down there, there's probably, I don't know what the membership is there. Like, I don't know, you know, you could probably live in, there's a um, Rochester, which is a big southern town in minnesota that has the mayo clinic there's probably a lot of people that could be members from there that drive up but they're you know outside of lake city there's not a lot of bigger towns around so i don't know what the membership is but i'm guessing that they that a lot of people are coming from the cities and the people do a really good job of just kind of understanding that um so when you show up very welcoming um you know you get uh you know right when you show up the people are helping you get your bags all set up and they're kind of excited for your round, you know, they kind of do a good job of selling it, you know, selling the place and, and having um, just kind of those smiley personalities of welcoming, joking with you. So I've always, I've never had problems with the people. They've got a, um, they've got a, I think it's the, called the bluff side um, restaurant, something like that too. So like the food there's great. The people that, that work there are great. So I never, would ever get a like a stuck up vibe there it's just i think they you know you, you're not getting a lot of the city city stuffiness there it's yeah it's people are making an effort to come and see you and like they know that so that's kind of what they what they put off as a vibe so kind of that that real true midwestern hospitality absolutely yep. yeah and like i said like i i know lucas a little bit um you know he like when I'm down, like last time I was down there, he drove out and said hi to me and, you know, kind of met my, my brother and my cousin and stuff like that. And so like, they're, they're always, and they've, they've treated us well. So I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, let's talk practice facilities at the course, because not that practice facilities are the end all to a place, but me personally, I feel like they can definitely add to the experience of a course. Um, so what does the jewel have? What do they offer in terms of practice facilities, either pre or post round? Well, they got um, a, a putting green. So it's just for putting, which is great. It's kind of right by where you'd want to go to the first hole. So it's pretty um, well placed there. And then they've got a range. Uh, I would say the range is okay. I mean, 
the grass on the range is phenomenal, but just like what you're looking at is okay. Um, and they have like a little chipping area, you know, where you can work on out of the bunker. You can work on those tight lie shots that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have a lot of those. So that's kind of nice to kind of get yourself ready for that. I think um, I don't mean to inter interrupt, but I think that is such an undervalued aspect of a driving range or a short game area, something that you can recreate the shots that you see out on a course. Well, yeah. And, and the thing about it, is, like I said, like I don't like I know I can hit those shots. So it's nice to hit a couple of chips like that because you don't necessarily hit those shots every time you play golf. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah, you might open up the club a little bit, get some speed through it but you may not have the trust that it's going to hop and stop. You know, you don't have that feel we're here. It's like, I know I can be aggressive. I know I'm going to really, you know, get through my chips today because I know it's going to carry and stop where I want it to stop. And you're, you're going to be looking to land it closer to the hole than you would other, other golf courses. So, and they do a good job of spacing everything out too. Like you don't feel like the short game area is over right on the top of the range and they've kind of spread it out. I wouldn't say they're huge areas, but they're very spread out. So it seems like they thought that stuff out and it wasn't just an afterthought. Like it is, unfortunately, at a lot of courses. Well, yeah, and, and they host, I mean, they've hosted uh, college events. They've hosted AMs, you know, big amateur tournaments. Like they, they're they kind of built and designed to be able to do that. And, and in order to do that, you got to have some space. Yeah, I, I see like under their course accolades and notable championships, uh, the Senior State Open, uh, the Minnesota PGA public links championship. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's a legit place. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, again, it's one of those things where if I didn't do this podcast, I would have never heard about it in my entire life. I mean, never, there's no chance unless I just, you know, was by happenstance came across it. And then as I look at these pictures and the videos on the website, I mean, the place is, is absolutely gorgeous. I told you, you know, off air starting this, sub-series of, of Leave the Pin, this My Course series, it just, it's made me want to visit like every single one of these courses so far that, that I've spoken to people about. And it's just, it's kind of neat. Um, now, how far is this from your house? Is it, is it local, local, or is it a little bit of a drive? Well, I'm just on the, I'm actually on the west side of the Twin Cities, and this is very much on the eastern side of the Twin Cities. So for me, it's, you're probably looking at close to two hours, something like that. Okay, so it's not an every week type course. It's more of a special occasion place. Yeah, like if, okay. you know, my like I said, my aunt and uncle live there, so they might be hosting a nice little fun weekend, and so we go out there and and like I said, like when it talks about Colorado, like they have like a ranch out there in the bluffs, so it's like they've got horses and they've got, you know, you got that just fun. You're leaving almost Minnesota vibe. You're going right. to a place that's not Minnesota and it's only two hours away. No, it is, but it just doesn't look like it. Like a mini vacation. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if I went to a place like this, obviously, it, based on where I live, it's probably a, a once-and-done trip. Um, if I want to bring something back home to remember it by, what's their merchandise scene look like at the course? Well, they try to, you know, they, they try to really go off their logo. I mean, I, I would say, like, you could buy any, you know, any sort of, um, you know, outerwear hat wear that you'd want with the jewel logo on it i mean they've got they definitely have something for you to take back with you um i don't i wouldn't say it's like what they're known for you know it's not like a huge merchandise place but that that uh um, logo that they have with the jewel and you can see it's got the bluff on it there yeah i was going to ask if that's what it was 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's trying to yeah show that off in, in which they should. I mean, that's, that's one why people love it so much. Yeah, it's a it's it's a very simplistic logo. I mean, it almost looks you know kind of like script, but very wispy. Um, but that's very cool that it takes the natural landscape of the area and puts it into that logo. I like that. All right, let's talk about um, you and your experience out there. Favorite hole or holes out there, and and give me a little background as to why you love them so much. Well, I have to. I I have more than one, so I got to talk just about a couple of them. Um, first of all, I love the starting hole just to start off. It just gives you a nice par five. I mean, like any course that just starts you off on a, you don't have to like, you know, squeeze the butt cheeks to get one in play. And <laughs> yeah. you let one go. Um, you know, that's, that's a, a nice starting hole. Um, they've got a cool bunker right in the middle. So like, if you are going to lay up, you have to kind of avoid the middle of the fairway bunker. Um, so that's a fun one. I love hole three. It's, uh, it's a kind of an option shot off the tee. So if you want to be more conservative, you hit, um, there's a bunker that kind of what you would aim at. Um, if you go at the bunker, a little right of it, if there's an upper landing tier that you would, would hit. You probably don't have to hit driver if you hit it that way. But if you want to be aggressive and you want to try to catch the speed slot, you go left of it. And if you catch the speed slot right, you'll get a nice little 50-yard shot in. You know, Whereas if you don't catch it, you're probably looking at like a 120-yard shot, 130-yard shot. So you can play it. Um, obviously there's danger there if you don't get over the bunker that's a problem if you miss way left there's there's fescue there that's a problem if you miss too far right now you're coming in with something like 160 to a very nice tight little tinier green um so i like that one that's just a fun one they can put some some pins in some cool spots i would say hole six is probably my favorite and the reason why it's a drivable par four mm. um i would say about 285, I think, is kind of the, you know, somewhere in there. And you can, again, options to play it. You know, you, when you step on the tee box, you can see that a lot of people are laying up because you see the divots from the from the tee box. But I actually like to, to hit driver there. And for whatever reason, it suits me well. Um, I've never eagled it, but I definitely have walked away with quite a few birdies from that hole. Um, I guess one of my other ones is hole eight, and it's because of the tee shot in the green. So hole eight is a par five. It's um, it's one I have eagled and it's kind of cool cause it has these two singular trees. It's a, if you can picture like a, um, a lynx hole, but yet it's got two trees on both sides of the fairway out where you would want to drive it. So you kind of like got to hit a field goal between them. Okay. That's cool. There's no other trees, just these two, one on each side. So that's kind of a cool tee shot. And then the green is crazy. It's, it's, I would say the most, um, elevated green on, on the course where if you're short, it's going to roll all the way back. Um, if you miss left, it's going to go all the way down. If you miss right, it's going to go all the way down. Very crowned. And so it, you know, as a second shot going for a par five, you know, it makes you kind of hit an elevated shot where you got to get something in the air to, to hold the green. And um, so that's a really cool one. Um, I guess there's maybe two more I want to talk.